Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just James. It's your host, James. And I don't have my beautiful co-host Thomas with me today. I feel quite lost without him, to be fair. Uh, I am in uh, an area in England called Suffolk. So it is very, very beautiful. I'm in the countryside. I'm visiting the parentals. Um, So I have been here since last week, Thursday. So last week, Monday, you know, I, I, I must say thank you so much for all the support for last week's podcast, I had so many of you reach out to me. I sort of, you know, I, I bore my soul a little bit and spoke to you about a friendship that had ended. Um, and, you know, at the time before the podcast, well, before I'd actually put the podcast on, you know, I, I act like, I mean, I say act, I'm, everything's fine. I'm happy. I think it's the right decision. I think everything's great. But I am still a girl, I am still human, I do still have emotions, I do still have feelings, and my feelings were hurt by the way I was treated um, by a particular person that I believed was a very dear friend. So I was having a slight pity party as well, um, and by the time I actually got to record the podcast, I was fine. I sort of dealt with my emotions, I was fine. But Monday last week, I phoned my mom and I was like, you know, I just I just kind of need my mom. I just kind of need to get away. I need to come see my mom. So I booked train tickets and I actually left after I recorded the podcast on Thursday um, and went to my mama. So I've been there since, or been here since Thursday. It's been wonderful. It's just so beautiful out here. Uh, my parents have got... A, a exquisite property with a moat on it they've they've converted an um a really old granary uh into a, a very very beautiful farm um farm house and they sort of you know have this beautiful lawn where they have all these beautiful birds and there's ducks and hedgehogs and foxes it's just absolutely wonderful out here so it's really nice to get out of london uh sort of completely decompress and it's this bit of a staycation I haven't actually gone anywhere you know I haven't gone on any great extravagant holidays but I'm able to just sort of just feel like I'm away if that makes sense so I'm going home uh Thursday uh this week but there's a tube strike in London so I'm hoping I or train strike not tube strike uh I'm hoping it's not going to affect my trains too severely and I'll be able to get back into London but I must say, I there's a part of me that's looking forward to getting home because it's my home. But there's a part of me that it has sort of made me go, maybe it's time to, to leave the rat race of London. Maybe it's time to have a nice change. But then again, I just think, you know, I've I've been in London for 10 years, almost 11 now. October will be 11 years. And... I've always lived in London. I've always lived there. I've, you know, have created a wonderful life for myself. I'm not unhappy. I've got a wonderful business. There is nothing that is awful about where I am in my life, to be honest. I've got a wonderful business. I, you know, I'm growing and expanding and 
there is so much that's going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, it's hard to say, um, you know, would I actually make the move? Would I actually leave London? Who is to say, to be honest? Um, I'm not quite sure at this point in time. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, th I think it's different when, you know, when you're on holiday and you get holiday goggles and you go, oh, my gosh, I could live in Saint-Tropez. Oh, my gosh, I could live in France. But then, like, the reality of actually moving and leave, uprooting your entire life can sometimes be a little less um, glamorous, if you want to put it that way. So we'll see. You know, I have a wonderful home. I have a wonderful I, I have the best rent on the planet. My I have a wonderful landlord who charges me really, really good rates for where I live. I've lived there for almost four years now. I'm really happy where I am. So, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's holiday fantasy, holiday goggles. And I'm lying, I say I'm lying. I'm sitting at the moment and I have a view of these little ducklings that are trying to eat grain. And it's very sweet. It's very cute. Um this where where my parents are they had a boy and a girl duck uh they named them they you know affectionately named them gabby and otis now otis there's there's drama with otis because he was supposed to stay with gabby once they had 10 little ducklings and otis is supposed to stay and help raise the ducklings that's that's sort of how it works with with mallards and he abandoned the family and a few weeks later, returned to the moat with another girl duck and like like a girlfriend. And there was snot and drama on the on the um, on the moat. There was big fights because obviously Gabby was protecting her ducklings, and Otis had brought another duck back. It was really traumatic. It was really dramatic. And um, anyway, so but my, my <laughs> I think he flew off again. Um, but my mom has and stepfather have been um, really protective over Gabby and her ducklings. So if she quacks in the middle of the night because there's a fox or something, they run up and go and like fight the fox away, scare the fox away. I say fight the fox. They haven't fought any foxes. They just scare the fox away. So they've managed to help her keep her ducklings. So um, she has six ducklings left. I think one one was taken a while ago, um, you know, from really, really tiny. I think it drowned. Um, I don't know the story. I wasn't actually present. I, I don't know the story. And then slowly over time, they've, she's lost three other ducklings, um, which is very natural. It's very normal. But one of the things that other rival ducks do, which is quite sad and quite vicious, is if they come onto the water and they see that a mother duck doesn't have her partner – they actually drown the baby ducklings so that the mother is forced to like reproduce again and have more ducklings with them. It's so like violent and vicious. So uh, my mother and stepdad have truly saved these little ducklings. So there's six of them. Um, we still don't know if they're male or female, but they're definitely like teenage size now. They're not like teeny tiny ducklings anymore. But at where I'm sitting, I'm watching them sort of graze and they're all learning how to fly at the moment, which is quite sweet because they're going to start going through uh, eclipse soon. Um, and if you don't know what eclipse is, we're, all ducklings do, all ducks and ducklings do this once a year and they lose their feathers once a year, especially when the weather turns off to summer. So all the ducks are become flightless for, I think it's three weeks they become flightless for. And 
so all ducks will find a safe place for themselves. It's generally like in the middle of a dam or middle of like a pond where no other predators can get them because they will be completely flightless for three weeks. So where our little moat is is just not wide enough for, for the eclipse um, because, I mean, how, how, I, can't, I can't tell you how wide it is, but, you know, for, for predators, they could still you know this it's still not large enough for for predators to to sort of have access to to the ducklings when they're in eclipse so they'll all fly off the moat and go to the because because where the house is it's sort of a narrower part of the moat and then around the circle there's a larger piece if that makes sense i don't know if so not where the house is but sort of further up on the big circle of the moat there's a larger larger piece of um open water that uh, the ducks will all swim over to. So they're all practicing their their flight at the moment so that they can get ready for the eclipse that's going to happen pretty soon, I believe. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. It's, um, you know, I've gotten so involved in duck drama in the last week being here, <laughs> but it's been great. It's been a wonderful trip. So I'm, I love being out here. I was actually going to go home two days early and miss the, the train strike. And I think we were all quite sad that I was going to leave. So I actually made the decision. It's fine. I'll deal. I'll deal with awful trains on Thursday, and and just you know get get the extra couple of nights in with my family and my you know my loved ones. So it's nice being away. I really do feel really relaxed. I feel like this has been a really good emotional trip for me. I feel like it's been really good. Sort of like licking wounds. Let's move forward. Let's just be like strong ass wonderful people and I'm going to focus on people that I feel will nourish and develop my life for me which um, I'm very excited for I'm very happy I've got so much going on on the business front I just feel like I'm in a really good place this week guys Um, so yeah I hope everybody else is doing well you guys are happy you're doing great things you're doing great in business this week let's just be amazing so I have on Sunday being out in the in the country I um went to a copy tail with my mum. So I in particular I was looking for a a crystal salad bowl like a fruit bowl. So I've got this horrendous shelf in my kitchen. It's very badly installed. It's very poorly. It's very cheap. And my shelf actually falls at like like almost like a 45 degree if I mean it's not that dramatic but I don't know what the degree percentage is so anything you put on the shelf potentially slides off it after some time it's a horrible shelf it's horrible it shouldn't even be up there but I had a beautiful crystal salad bowl with like fruit and veg and stuff on this little shelf because it looked quite pretty but of course the stupid shelf doesn't hold anything up so the salad bowl slipped and it, I mean, it doesn't just slip off. I mean, if you if you slightly knock it, then it would like create the force for it to slip. So that's why the salad bowl was up there. Because if you leave it alone and you don't touch it, the salad bowl would live quite happily fine there. But it's because I probably knocked it at some point and then the salad bowl slipped. So I shattered the salad bowl and I loved the salad bowl. So I was like, I need a new one. Let's go find one at like a car boot. And blow me down but do I find the most stunning one within the first aisle of this car boot sale like literally gorgeous gorgeous crystal fruit bowl exactly what I'm looking for and the guy wanted a pound for it one pound sold 
So then we're walking through and I see like a really antique kitchen weight that it's it's sort of like you put the little weights on the one side and the other side you put your produce and then they even out and then you know what the weight is. And it was so stinking cute. Like, honestly, it was so sweet. And the woman wanted five pounds for it. So I said, me and my mom were like, between us, we'll fight over who has it. But I love it. I really do. It's really sweet. So it's probably like 1960s, 1970s style. Sorry, I'm drinking a sip of coffee. Um, so, I mean, I'm guessing, guessing it's heritage here like just guesstimation so anyways I take that so we're walking we're walking walking look at a couple of things I find a really great cookbook lovely cookbook if you I mean I would have taken more but I've got to think about coming back into London so I bought one cookbook good housekeeping cookbook great recipes and it looked amazing okay a pound so now we're pretty much at the end of the car boot like the literally the second last stall before the car boot ends like it's in this like massive snake style you know like up and down up and down up and down this whole thing it's a, it's a huge huge car sale a lot of stuff you got to like wade through a lot of like secondhand children toys and children's clothing and somebody's household content um you know so a lot of it's just crap but i get to this last stand and there's this antique kitchen scale that you put something on the top of it and then it, you know, it has the little dial that turns. It's stunning. It is so cool. It's so stunning. Catches my eye, catches mom's eye. Both of us look at each other. We're like, we have to have this thing. Call the guy over. We're like, how much is this thing? He's like five quid. We're like done, sold. It's ours. It's ours. So he goes, so we're, I know I'm making such a big deal about the scale because I love it so much. I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. It is so freaking cool. It's so awesome. It's so cool. So I think in in my excitement, the guy, you know, was obviously, well, I'll help her out a little bit. And he's like, look, I've got this other scale. It doesn't work. The, the leg of it is broken. So he had it upside down and it had been painted silver, but the silver had like cracked through. So you could see the wrought iron on the inside or the cast iron probably. Um, it was just in really bad condition. It hadn't really been looked after at all. He's like, look, I'll just throw this one in for free if you wanted. The bottom leg's broken. I'll probably never sell it. You can just have it. And I was like, amazing, thank you. So I, I take it immediately. So we get home. Mom decides she wants that the 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 other cast iron one that we bought. And it looked stunning in her kitchen. Like it was meant to be in there. It was just perfect. She's put her onions in her her um uh things on it like as like a display it looks very sweet anyway so I said to mom I'm definitely going to try and work on this little um scale that we haven't you know that that's in such bad nick I said if I just get some paint stripper and get this horrendous horrendous silver paint off it it could actually be quite pretty again so I ordered paint stripper and I ordered brass cleaner. I don't know why I ordered brass cleaner. In my head, I be, I thought I'd need a brass cleaner, but thinking about it, it's cast iron. It's not brass. Anyway, waste of waste of a fiver on that, but got the paint stripper. And I proceeded to spend two days stripping the paint off this thing. Well, guys, it's the most stunning piece now. 
It is so beautiful. It's so detailed. And I, somebody had painted it green at some point, and then somebody had painted it silver over it. And over, obviously over time, it's just worn through the, the paint. And it does need a leg. It does need um, something to help it stand. And my beautiful friend, Sean in America, has offered to make a little stand for it. So thanks, Shawnee. I need to somehow figure out. I, I pretty much just need like a square block to, to hold underneath it, I think. But I'm going to get my mom to have a look at it because she knows better than me. Um, it might be quite simple to repair. But I don't, unless somebody's a welder and they can weld something for me onto it. Uh, I'm a bit nervous to sort of play with with the cast iron of it, um, but I googled it. I googled the the specific piece. It's a um, it's a scale forty nine British made, or is it forty? So one's forty six, which I can't remember if my mom's got the forty six, and the one's the forty nine, and it's valued. It's selling at the moment on eBay for two hundred seventy five pounds. So I was like, fucking a, I'm gonna definitely try and sell this thing. Excuse me. <gasps> I just swore. I've been so good at not swearing. Oh, I'm so irritated with myself. I've been so good at not swearing lately. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, so it's valued at 275 bucks, and I got it for free. I was like, absolutely done. Now, obviously, it's got a broken leg, so it's it won't be as valuable. But it's still an amazing piece. And so I'm going to see if I can't flip it and um sell it but then again it is such a stunning piece i'm quite happy to keep it but it also doesn't have the tray like that you put food on so i don't know if it'll sell but um it is still very 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 cool um and then because we're looking for a tray to go with it me and my mom stopped at a like a secondhand store yesterday and they have the most exquisite furniture in there. Honestly, I was tempted to get like a freaking um, zip van car and go and just like reverse in and take all the stunning furniture. It is There's some stunning pieces in there. But I found an antique traveler's trunk. Now, bear in mind, it's not in very good nick. It hasn't been well cared for. It's It definitely needs some love. But it was 40 pounds. It's absolutely stunning. It even has a sticker on the side with the original owner's name uh, for travel. They'd obviously gone somewhere. There's a sticker on it that says that they paid for their travel. And at the very bottom of it has the date of 1942. It's just extravagant. I mean, if I can repair it and fix it up, it'll probably be the most beautiful case. But I also like the history behind it. I like the story. I like the fact that it's been a bit weathered and it's been through places and it's probably been owned by multiple people. It's just, I love the fact that it's just been, it's just been. Now it's in my care. I love it. But I googled similar uh, cases. Look, I haven't spent enough time looking for that particular brand and that particular um, model but similar cases are going anywhere between 1500 and 4000 pounds so I'm suddenly going hold on a second I you know I watch so many tiktokers that flip furniture and they earn some extra cash and they do all these great things you know whether it be kitchen tables and dresses or moires they like all these guys are flipping furniture and I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Why am I not upcycling? Why am I not coming through to Moo, going to all these car boots, getting all these great things and flipping things? So I'm very keen to suddenly like, 
consider the the flip of stuff. The problem is I fall in love with all the pieces and then I don't want to get rid of them because I love them. But you can make a tremendous amount of money flipping furniture if it's done correctly. <clears throat> you know, some people flip over six figures a year. It can be a highly profitable business. And I think there's You'd either really need to know what you're doing, really research what you're looking for, the pieces you're looking for, understand what you're looking for. But I think if you were just going to pick up pieces and be like, oh, let me see if somebody else likes this. I think you have to be quite careful with what you're doing and think about what you're doing. So I think there's some of the pieces that have a lot of character and imperfections and they, you know, it could be dresses or old side tables. And in your opinion, they could be amazing, but would somebody else would just see it as a scratch piece of furniture. So I think you have to look at like, there's a few characteristics that will help you sort of find a high quality product. One is heavy furniture, you know, it would, is it solid wood? Um, if, you know, is it a high quality, you know, if you try and lift the piece and it's really heavy, it, it's generally like a really good, has it got dovetail joints to it, you know, really good, um, manufactured furniture will have like dovetail joints. It will be scratch resistant. So it's high quality wood glass. So it'd be difficult to scratch. And I think then it would depend on your skills. If you were considering purchasing, purchasing these pieces, you know, it, um, you know, how would you even get started? You know, are you constructing a particular board? Is it plywood? Is it fiber wood? Um, you know, th these are the things that are sort of like low quality that you're not looking for, you know, um, it has sort of nails and staples, you know, has it, does it need complete revitalization? You know, would it take a significant amount of time for you to flip these items for profit? And I think the items in particular that you should really be looking at is like dresses, china cabinets, baby furniture, buffets, coffee tables, end tables, all the things that people sort of look for all the time. And the best pieces, to, the best places to sort of find these furniture is garage sales, yard sales, estate sales, thrift stores, Craigslist. Uh, I think in the UK it'd be like eBay maybe, Etsy maybe, um, Gumtree maybe, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, those sort of things. So you know, yard sales and Facebook marketplace are often a great place. I've actually picked up some beautiful pieces in my home from Facebook that are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I, I'm so done with like the Ikea furniture, the like, you know, the quick assemble stuff. I don't want it. I want the like beautiful antiques. I want the gorgeous pieces in my home. And I really want to spend time finding the right pieces that, that would really, really suit my, my to home. So you know, how much would you pay for these pieces? I would say spend less than like a hundred pounds, less than a hundred dollars um, for sort of the pieces that you're looking for and then try and sort of upsell them from there. Look at what they're valued at, look at what they're, what they, um, you know, going for and what materials are you going to need to flip furniture? So, you know, if, you know, you've got to think about the transportation, getting that piece of furniture, where are you going to store it? You're going to have to find a place to work that you can actually fix the furniture up if you need to you know if you if you're painting or reupholstering you know do you need the restoration equipment I think you have to plan if you're planning to renew furniture then it requires like paint and restoration and you have to think about paintbrushes and painters tape rugs paint strippers um sanding material sewing machines staple guns wood guns steel wool all of those things you're going to have to consider before you you start sort of flipping these things and how much does it cost to start flipping furniture you know you can expect 
to spend anything between like a hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars to start or pounds. Um and from there, I mean, follow, I would say follow some YouTube tutorials on, you know, how to do that. And then, you know, try and put your pieces up if you're lucky enough to sell them as they stand. I mean, that's amazing as well. So, but I mean, there's so many other ways that you can make money online. And I Googled this and I just thought well, it would be really interesting to know. Like if I wanted another little side hustle, I have two. If I wanted a third one, what would it be? And I think, there there are ways to make money online. You can do freelance work if you, you know, if you, you know, if you want to be like a virtual assistant or if you want to create stuff, if you want to go on like Upwork or Fiverr or freelancer.com, there's so many sites that you can find work. I've never found work on Upwork, I have to say. I've put, I've applied for a lot of roles on there. Maybe I'm just not consistent enough and maybe my profile isn't great who knows so you know maybe I'm just not doing it the right way but I find it quite hard to find work on there um but you can find work on there you can test websites you can test apps you can pick up tasks on Amazon's mechanical Turk that's another thing you can do so um you know even in the age of automation some jobs require human touch so companies often source jobs like Amazon mechanical Turk as a worker and then you're assigned to like tagging images, um, transcribing videos, classifying receipts. You know, you're doing all of that sort of stuff. Uh, you can do surveys for money as well. I think you've got to do a shit ton of surveys to actually make money doing it. But, you know, if you've got the time, you can um, make money from a blog as an affiliate as well. You can sell things on Etsy if you're creative. Um, get advertising or interview from your blogs or start a YouTube channel. You can um, become an Instagram influencer. I mean, I don't think it's as easy as it sounds. Uh, I'm useless at, at social media. You know, it's it's not my forte. It's not what I'm focused on. But if you know, if you have a know-hows and you have a great sort of um, concept, I think it's a really great place to start. You know, you can monetize your switch, your Twitch channel. You can sell your photography. There's um, you know, unused gift cards that you that you haven't used. You can rent out your spare room on, on Airbnb. Uh, you know, there's so many things that you can do just that that would maybe help if any you know, I think we're all feeling the the, the pinch of the the penny these days. So, you know, I think it's really, really important that if you are looking for um you know, a new revenue source that uh, this is a really, really great way to start. So hopefully that helps. Um, last week I spoke about an extra uh, thing that I was going to talk about for dogs and I sort of felt like I was running out of time a bit. I had to go and get a train. That's also why I was running out of time and I didn't want to just let you guys down and not put a podcast out. And I must say I got so many listens last week. So thanks, guys. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Um and a lot of you reached out after my podcast last week, and I appreciate it. So you all made me feel really special. So thank you. But how do you keep your cats and dogs cool in this heat wave? Now, I know this week it's a bit cooler for us in England. It's definitely cool, cool down. But, you know, we're not out of the summer yet. We're not out of the, the woods. And I think the, the, te- the temperatures reached rocket high last week in England. We had the hottest day ever recorded ever in history in the UK. And... I think it was absolutely crazy. You know, whether you're swimming, whether you've got a pool, whether you don't have a garden, you, you, your poor little doggies also have to stay cool. 
and it's not fun for them. You know, they're they're trying to heap with they they deal with the heat very differently to the way do we do domestic um, animals have fur coats, um, and if you don't have air conditioning like we don't in the UK, then trying to keep your pet cool is really really important. So I think you'll be surprised, but sunscreen, you you know, the pets like humans need sunscreen, and it's really important, especially if they've got. Um, lighter color coats if they've got sort of like patchy areas you know they have you know some pets in particular have a light color coat and they can get sunburnt as well you can get a pet friendly sunscreen cats and dogs you can use some sunscreen on their ears horses you can use sunscreen on their noses uh, you can get a pet sunscreen it's called doggy sun wipes and I think Pets at Home has it for like four pounds and it's perfect for wriggling dogs because it's a little sun wipe. You can, you know, while while you're trying to keep them still, you can wipe them down with it. It's fast and convenient to apply and it protects the dogs from UV, uh, UV rays without sort of giving you too much work to do. And you get a, a sunscreen, it's called Dermosense Sunsafe. It's 18 pounds 30 from VetScent. Uh, it's designed for sensitive and light light skin. So you can get cooling mats. And also that sunscreen is waterproof, by the way. I forgot to mention it's fragrance-free. It's a really great brand. I'm not um, sponsored by any of these brands, guys. I'm just giving you my advice from my experience as a qualified dog behaviorist. I am also a professional dog groomer. I am giving you this advice from my professional experience so um i'm not as i said i'm not sponsored i have no affiliation to any of these brands this is just simply some recommendations to help my little dog owning friends so cooling mats is another great one i was even putting like a wet cloth underneath dogs when in, in the heat uh try and use a damp towel for them sit on wrap it in an ice pack for them anything that's going to cool them down you know the bed is naturally cooling so it doesn't need to be frozen but try and you know try and help your dog sort of stay cool with 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 a sort of a mat. You can get them at Pets at Home as well, Amazon. You can get cooling bandanas and jackets, which is perfect for on the go dogs if you're out and about. Um, so you can it's like a little like bandana that you can put on them that's that's got cooling technology in it, and it helps sort of keep your dog's skin a little bit cooler from the heat. You can get it for small, medium, and large breeds, um, and if they need sort of little bit more coverage you can get a dog cooling coat as well and they you can get them 15 pounds from argos they're great and you can use it in a heat wave as well as for dogs to reduce their temperature if they're ill and unwell so it's something you can keep in the cupboard for you know for all times and um you can put the coat on and you can pour water on it and it's a lightweight design it's really great for the dogs you can get your dogs a little paddling pool you know any cheap paddling pool if you go in for the kids let the dogs in it as well or if you don't have kids just get one for the dogs um you know it's compactable you can put it away in the cupboard when it's not warm and it sort of doesn't take up much room in your shed or your garden i mean your cupboard and things like that uh, treats, you can always do frozen treats. I know quite a few of my listeners actually follow my Love Thy Dogs page on Instagram, uh, which is my dog grooming page. And uh, quite a few of you guys have followed my um, popsicles that I made, or that I suggested. And um, it was really nice to see all of the videos of your dogs trying out the popsicles. So that was quite cool. And, you know, you can get dog ice cream as well. It's another great one that you can do. But I think just trying to keep our little pooches out of the sun, try and keep them cool. You know, you know what you're doing. Don't walk them on a hot day. Don't burn their paw pads. You guys know what you're doing. But we're good. 
Guys, I forgot the conundrum last week and um, it gave a lot of you more opportunity to answer the conundrum and I had 32 of you answer the conundrum eventually in the end because you had two weeks to do so. So I appreciate that a lot of you guys answered. Michelle, always my conundrum queen. Uh, We had Josh, we had Charlie, we had Kate, Callie, Megan, Mushan, um, Sarah... Josh, no, Nola, no, Noila. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. We had Lulu, we had Poppy, we had Maya, and there's one more. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. This piece of paper. We don't know for you. Oh, and Kay. So all of you, no, Kay. Yeah, sorry, you, you, you did correct me on your name, Kay. Yeah. Um. You guys asked for a shout out for getting the conundrum right. So well done, guys. I'm really proud of you. You did so, 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 so well. Um, so last week's conundrum is, it belongs to you, but other people use it more than you do. What is it? It belongs to you, but other people use it more than you do. What is it? And the answer is your name. So it's really appropriate that I give you a shout out for your name. <laughs> so guys, well done. This week's conundrum is, what two things can you never eat for breakfast? What two things can you never eat for breakfast? So send your answers to Just James Podcast, which is just underscore James underscore podcast. Uh, you can find, follow me on there. I know you guys do give me um, your answers, but give us a follow. Give us a like. I know I'm really terrible at posting on there. I am not the most active social media person, I have to admit. I I tend to kind of forget that it's there and I'm sorry. I, I sometimes, I feel like I should post more, but, and I will, I'll get to it. I'll get to being a grown up at some point, I'm sure. So uh, if you're looking for a really great social media follow this week, I'm following a new page. It's called Pet Lab Co. Pet, P-E-T-L-A-B-C-O, Pet Lab Co. And it's got really great dog advice on there. So if you're, if you're a dog owner, you've got some doggies, it's a really nice TikTok page to follow. I learned something new the other day that I didn't even know. And I actually passed that information on to another customer of mine. I was, and I of course gave them the the credit for it but I was really I learned something very cool on that page so certainly give them a follow you know guys there will always be light but if we're brave and if we're brave enough to see it and only if we're brave enough to be it and let's be it this week let's be positive let's be happy let's be motivated let's be a great member of the society and I hope everybody has a wonderful week and I look so forward to seeing you all next week everybody goodbye They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.